many organizations I think lack soul. Promo Kitchen has so much soul. And I think if you start with a group of diverse people and you know have a common goal, you can create an organization with longevity that can impact an entire industry and, and also have fun along the way. So, I mean, I've had so much fun. I mean, it reminds me that I don't have any dollars, you know, it's not a business of mine, but I have a lot of hours invested in this organization. But certainly, you know, I want to have fun with it. And it reminds me that, you know, I can have fun in the organizations where I do have dollars invested. So, I don't know, I'm immensely proud I've been able to be a part of it. I just, I can't wait to see what the future looks like for Promo Kitchen. Revolutionaries, renegades, dreamers, misfits. This is the Promo Kitchen OG series. My name is Jay Bussell, and as a current chef, I have the remarkably good fortune to visit with the pioneers of Promo Kitchen. This is the series where we get to go back in time and revisit the stories of these brave and somewhat geeky trailblazers who were searching for a new path forward. If you're curious and want to know who was at the table, why they started Promo Kitchen, and what recipes they brought with them, then this is the podcast for you. And now I'm excited to share a conversation with my friend, Danny Rosen. I am genuinely excited to have you on because, listen, you were there from the beginning and from the earliest of early days. So your perspective is going to be awesome. The questions that we've chatted about via email, I'm sure we will certainly wander away from a few of those or create some new ones. But I am interested. I mean, I'm trying to kind of capture this as also a history lesson, if you will, to go back and say, okay, what were you guys trying to accomplish then? What were some of the roles? What were some of the things that made you feel excited or nervous or, you know, did it work? Did it not work? Early lessons learned, but also to be able to then share with this, you know, I consider myself more of a current lineup of the chefs. And so I think it's an important bridge to build so that we that are coming in later versus, you know, the original group, you know, we need to know what were those dreams? What was that vision? What were those important milestones and pillars so that we can carry forward? So let's do that. Let's ask you right out of the shoot, you know, so let's start with the beginning. Like, how did this start for you? Who actually asked you? What was that original invitation? Like, hey man, we're getting together a, a band of misfits and you're on our list, Danny Rosen. <laughs> yeah. I honestly don't remember a formal invitation. Everything was so loose, kind of a blur, actually. I do recall the excitement around connecting with some of the industry's you know, like the brightest and boldest contemporaries. Charlie Johnson, I think, sort of birthed the idea. There are characters like Brad White and C.J. Schmidt. And the big party days, Dana Zezza, who was hardcore social media, people were telling him that was nothing and he was owning it. Bobby LeHue. And I think the only regret I have during that time in the early days was having to work with Mark Graham. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Uh, You know, I hear that a lot, actually. Yeah. 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 You you know, I'm kidding. I I love Mark. (laughs) He has been just a guiding force since day one, and he deserves so, so much of the credit for the success of Promo Kitchen. But on this note, I mean, having been at it for so long, I think it's, as you were in our chat, and it's important to retain some of that institutional knowledge and to make sure that the organization today understands and respects its history, the do's and the don'ts, the ups and the downs, 
the shit and the Shinola. I recall an early day battle on whether or not we should become a non-for-profit or a for-profit. And the original entrepreneurial thinking, as you could imagine, was that we should be a for-profit for this type of organization. And it became fairly clear to most that we could have an entrepreneurial spirit, but it would be more about altruism and maybe social entrepreneurialism. And in preparing for this a little bit, I found an old email I wrote on that subject matter of for-profit versus non-for-profit. Oh, uh, you've got to share that with us. First of all, I didn't know that, so I'm learning. And second of all, yes, please share. There were some hardcore folks about we should make money on this thing, which is so interesting to me to think about our history now. And it just feels so icky, but I think I get it. You know, I mean, it's we're all entrepreneurs, but Here's what my email to the chefs back then said in 2011. So, man, we're about at 10 years now. It's crazy in January. I said, a big question we should ask at this stage is, what do we personally want to get out of Promo Kitchen? Are we doing this for some piece of a profitable pie, or are we doing this because we want to donate our time, talent, and treasure to something we believe in that can truly fill a gap and help our industry? I see the for-profit scenario at odds with the nonprofit giving scenario. How many of us would want to go into business with each other? I think the industry craves a nonprofit entity like Promo Kitchen. It can be an independent voice, devoid of politics, and being beholden to anyone or anything, less the scrutiny of our peers. I think the effort should be about the spirit of altruism, without getting anything in return and leaving a legacy in the industry while volunteering alongside friends. And that was it. And I sort of look back at that and I go, man, I'm wow. really proud of the founding fathers and mothers' decisions to become a 501c3. And, you know, that's been the driving force of our success, I think, that choice. 100%, Danny. That's pivotal. I mean, that's like, wow. First of all, I did not know that. So I'm learning. Second of all, your email and the spirit of that email. I mean, give me a break, brother. You really nailed it. And I'm not surprised, but I just, I love hearing that now. The fact of the matter, the impact that you made and pushing those early trailblazers to focus on something that was outside of commerce, right? So purpose before the commerce, like, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. And that vision that you had, and I know others did too. So super cool that you shared that. I'm excited. That's going to be something I'll treasure, you know, because this is partly why I want to do this, Danny, is to be able to catch some of that early feeling, those early potential missteps and potential home runs together that you can share and, and the rest of the chefs that were there in the beginning. So thanks for sharing that. That's a big deal. Yep. So what was your role in the beginning? I mean, if you said it was kind of loosey goosey and you know someone reached out to you, if it was Charlie Johnson or Mark Graham or others, I mean, what were their expectations for the great one, Danny Rosen? <laughs> you know, first of all, I don't know if I'm a great one or I become a better one now. Back then, I think we were kind of a young, energetic group of folks. And the original name for this was the Futures Group, which made me gag when I heard no it. No way. Is that real? Are you making that up? I swear, the Futures Group. It was meant to be a young, energetic, like you know, 35-year-old-ish kind of group of folks who were trying to innovate in the industry wow. and shake it up a bit and to attract you know, young at heart and young folks. But in the beginning, we were what I call a stage one board. A lot of people had a lot of ideas. Some were good. Some were not so good. 
<laughs> like the futures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Only a few of us showed up and did the work, which I think was the biggest challenge. There was so little structure, but we had so much fun. So we got an A for vision, but probably a, like a C minus on execution. That sounds about right, though. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> we got a little got a little better, I think, as we've grown 10 years in. You know, I think that's what happens when you have a lot of free thinkers and dreamers in an organization. But we were building a powerful community that still exists, you know, 10 years later come January, which is awesome. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, we were ripping into content like blogs and podcasts and videos way before most organizations. And I think when you think about that, you just realize education has always been in our DNA. And, you know, the editorial content, especially our podcasts, were truly best in class and they still are. And I I think just big shout outs to Mark and Charity and Bobby and Kirby and Bill. I mean, they laid great groundwork there. And so now that we've sort of moved into a sort of a stage two board where, you know, the chefs aren't doing all the work, just a few people aren't doing the work. It's really been spread out. You know, Joe and, and Kate and you, the crop of new chefs that we have, the sous chefs now, this other layer of up and coming leaders are such a gift of Promo Kitchen's future. It just makes me so freaking proud. Well, you should be so freaking proud because it was you and the band of these educators, these speakers, these social media geeky, curious people like you had mentioned that for whatever reason, for good reasons, you know, banded together, checked their egos mostly at the door, but wanted to make a difference. It's evident to me that there were some very independent mentors who wanted to create a new experience. And I think you did it. And not only did it, you crushed it because think about it. Take a peek back now. Podcasts, that was really early. You guys were ahead of it. I mean, big time ahead of that wave. And the fact that Bobby and like you mentioned, so many other names, and we'll be interviewing all of those folks in future podcasts. But those early roles and the roles that you played and those new experiences and the way you were crafting. I mean, I'm so impressed. I feel so lucky. I was inspired. I was influenced. I told Mark in the last session that I didn't know what you guys were doing. I quite honestly couldn't get it. I didn't pay close enough attention, but I kept kind of seeing some blogs specifically and some podcasts specifically. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like really good, best in class. Mm -hmm. So. That's what brought me to the table, not the mixer, although that was fun and that was obviously a celebration. There's nothing wrong with that. Just I realized, wow, this is something special here. And Danny, you played an important role. So whether you want to take credit for that or not, I know you did. Get specific with me. What were some of the things that you tried to do in the early stages of this? What were you bringing to the table? Was it your background and working with nonprofits and working with boards and the governance? Because I know that's kind of in your lane, or was that still new for you? Well, no, I think from an impact perspective, if I had to you know, look at the mirror and ask myself what impact I had on PK or what others might say, I think that nonprofit experience I had so much of has helped a lot with governance and ensuring we didn't have mission creep, for example, which was easy to do. Yeah, I've helped with fundraising a lot, brought in some cash keep us going. Vision has been something I just really have enjoyed. I've enjoyed that with Mark in particular. I love his brain and, and we're sort of different, but you know, it's, it's just fun to work with a guy like that. I mean, 
I think always trying to bring an element of fun into the organization. So I'm always reminding people it's work sometimes, but let's always bring the fun. That's what builds the community, gets people there. They want to be a part of it. Oh, yeah. And then maybe, actually, now that I think about it, <laughs> I think my greatest impact, this is going to sound so weird maybe, but hopefully it'll come out right. <laughs> no, it won't. It'll be great. Yeah. I, I think if I had to say like, what's my greatest contribution? Years back, I was vice president and Mark was president and I was asked to be the president of PK. But that was the same time that I was taking on a board role with PPAI. I was running and I was hopefully going to win. And if I did win and get a PPAI board seat, I knew that would take time that I couldn't devote to PK. So right. the timing was off. So I made a case with the executive committee at the time to consider Robert Fiveash, who has been a longtime chef, obviously my friend of almost 40 years and my business partner of 22. He's like one of those quiet leaders who probably was not looking for a presidential role. <laughs> and a lot of people hadn't seen his leadership style in that way. But of course, I've seen it for years. Right. And so I encouraged Robert to give it a shot. And after some soul searching, he realized he could leave a positive impact on PK. And you know, because you're living it now. Oh, yeah. You were there. Of course. He has done, oh my gosh, so this amazing. Yeah. So I think that gentle nudge for Robert to lead may be my, my greatest achievement because, <laughs> you know, deflecting leadership to someone more capable like Robert to lead and grow the group and help us become as fiscally prudent and sound as an organization is something I'm super proud of in regards to the work that he's done. Just so proud of Robert. If no one had asked him, he wouldn't have raised his hand. And I'm so glad that I asked and he considered and he did it. I'm glad too. I'm glad. Uh, definitely. Yes, we can see the difference in the impact and it has been uh, tremendous. So good for you. I think that's an awesome answer. That's kind of how these things work sometimes. And yeah. you know, you get asked for things and you're nervous and you're not sure, but you do some soul searching and some reflecting. And sometimes you realize and recognize someone else would perhaps be a better candidate or play this role in a better way. Yeah. You know, Danny, you mentioned Mark Graham. Man, why do we have to keep talking about that guy? But <laughs> he said something in our earlier podcast that this was a quote that I wrote down. He said, quote, when we all came together, it was like an explosion of creativity. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that quote? Yeah, that goes back to this idea of attracting people like you, Jay, who brought so much. I mean, the essence of one of the I think the staples of what Promo Kitchen is today with Promo Chat is to be totally credited to you and charity and large extent. But, you know, when I think about this explosion of creativity, it's the thing that attracts like minded people who want to be creative and try new things and be innovative and shake shit up. And so, yes, the explosion happened, but the ripple effect, the reverb from that is like this exhaust around these things that we were doing where we started to attract just amazing talent and sponsors. I mean, gosh, you look at like, we've had these longtime sponsors like Sanmar and Gemline, PPAI and HIT. Oh my God, HIT has been so good to PK. Those sponsors have given us permission to be creative, to try new things. And that is something that I think is kind of a hallmark of the organization. The fact I mentioned earlier that we're not beholden to any organization. You know, PPAI has written checks to support the idea of sort of free thinking and innovation and creativity. So we're not afraid to speak out 
if PPAI is not doing a good job on something and talk about it and expose it so we can better the industry. Fortunately, PPAI has not, but I think our independent group is connected to that free thinking and creativity Mark mentioned. Yeah. Well, this isn't about me. So thank you for that. I appreciate what you said, but it is attractive to, you know, this curious group of people that want to make a difference, want to contribute, want to be part of something. They want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt. And I know others do too. So let me transition to another question. In the early days, I don't know if it was a year in, two years in, three years in, whenever, but when did you feel like, okay, this is starting to work? We've got something here. We're making mm -hmm. a difference. You know, when do you remember specifically, or if you do, did you get that feeling? Was it an event or was it a feedback you got from somebody? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, I think there are two core things that, you know, PK is known for, you know, it's, it's educational focus and then the mentorships. But I also think people think Promo Kitchen is just a big party at Expo and which is we talk about that, like the expo party, or do we call it, we don't call it a party, right? We call it a networking event, a community event. And so I think there's a reliance on that. But when I think about that, for example, it was probably our very first expo event in Vegas, which I was helping organize, which was insanely hard to do in the beginning. And I remember when the bar opened and 500 of our industry's best friends showed up to connect. And in that event, I witnessed magic distributors were meeting and sharing with competing distributors. That was kind of unheard of, you know, 10 years ago, everybody was so protective and territorial. That yeah. was great. We were really creating a mindset shift in terms of collaboration versus competition. And maybe it helped that the drinks were free too, but <laughs> I, I, yes, I think that's, that's one time. I just remember being in a room full of like competitors that were getting along and having a drink and really connecting on a human level that those friendships are born and then whatever happens after that, the sharing and all that I think PK is known for happened as well. But the second is this mentorship program. While my very first mentor-mentee pairing was not perfect, neither was the program, by the way. It's come such a long way. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I was helping a struggling solopreneur in the industry. And what's interesting about that is you would think I would say, well, I helped this person out and I saved the day. but I learned a lot about myself. This guy was fighting to save his business and he was a single man shop in Colorado and really struggling. And I was just inspired by the hunger he had to grow. And I was so curious about this prescriptive methodology that he was using to grow and to get past this difficult wall of rejection that he was getting from prospecting. Mm -hmm. And that was, I was like, wow, you know, like I'm not just trying to help this guy, he's helping me. And so I just think back early days, I mean, big shout outs to Russ Mogel and Matt Gaspari and Nate Bailey. I mean, those guys laid some great mentorship program groundwork. So those are two old school stories for me personally. Well, those are great stories. And I really think that it's highlighting the mentorship program, whether it was perfect for you or not. It sounds like your first taste of it maybe wasn't an A plus, but isn't that interesting? I find that myself in any time I've been involved in a mentor role, mm -hmm. I'm equally learning positively. I mean, on every level and quite possibly I'm learning even more. So I think that we should never lose sight of that. And remember that both the mentor and the mentee, the student and the teacher, 
whatever we want to call that. The both roles are learning and growing. So yeah, how cool is that? What a great story. And thanks for those shout outs. And also let me go back and say thanks to those sponsors, those partners. Mm -hmm. They really are partners, right? They're not just, you know, writing a check and saying, hey, what's my visibility? What's my reach? What are my impressions? They're in this for the right reasons. They're in it just like you are and those early pioneers. And I think they appreciate the fact that this is a creative group who's focused on education and mentorship. So, you know, it works. Agree. A thousand percent. And I learned a term from Denise Tashero at Fairware a while ago about this idea around the elasticity of forgiveness. And so when you have sponsors that have taken care of and supported Promo Kitchen along the way, I think they understand that we're volunteers. It's an all-volunteer organization. No one's paid although that could be the future at some point in time of an executive director, as we've discussed. But I think that they are willing to allow for us to make some mistakes along the way. And maybe we don't get exactly right, but the altruistic spirit of uplifting the industry and bringing people together for learning and connection and growth, I think those sponsors have been really just so generous and understanding because we haven't always gotten it right. No, but you know, here's what I think you have gotten right. And I can say this as the independent outsider looking in. It was obvious to me in the beginning that, like you said, you were not beholden to anybody. So as this band of misfits and curious, you know, passion seekers for promo and apparel, residents on the island of misfit toys, as I like to say, as you guys came together as a collective, it was obvious to me that you were trying to raise the game for everyone independently. So I was immediately interested and attracted to that. No disrespect to any other association or group. PPI does wonderful things. ASI does wonderful things. Promo Corner and Distributor Central and Common Skew and even some of the larger distributor aggregators, as I call them. They're all trying to educate their teams, but they all have motives. And sometimes those motives can cross into areas that are not as authentic. Mm-hmm. I think it's super cool. I'm still a fanboy of, you know, listening, still learning, still, you know, hanging on what, you know, you might say or the perspectives that you would share or Mark or Bobby or Charity or anybody that's still active. And by the way, several are, which is a tip of the cap to you specifically because you were there from the beginning and you're still involved today, dude. So that's huge. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of giving. And I just want to recognize that. So the world hears it. Dude, you are a rock star. You're a big deal. And I'm lucky to know you. <laughs> so if I could smack you around through this Zencaster thing, I'd smack you around. You would bit. try. That's why we do these things remotely. We both do this because we get a lot from it. Selfishly, those who do it, who do it for the right reasons, do it because it makes them feel good. It feels good to help others. It feels good to uplift an industry. It feels good to use a community voice to share big, bold ideas that maybe you couldn't, you know pull out there on your own. The recognition's nice and all that, but selfishly, it's nice to help others, to help an industry. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I agree. I think it is rewarding on that level. You do yeah. feel like you're making a difference. So thank you for that. Okay. So I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Okay. And I was just kind of, before we jumped on, thinking about some of the things that Bobby said. One of the things that he said in our interview was, he said one thing that he appreciated were the common traits that we all shared and the chefs now share as well. And some of those traits he listed out were 
a relentless curiosity, a personal passion, and then he closed with a little bit of a voice of dissent. You know, that feeling of, I want to do things differently. So tell me if, if you agree, would you add to that list? I know you're personally a passionate guy. I know you love this industry with everything you've got. I know you're relentless in your curiosity. But the voice of dissent, what does that mean to you? What did you think when I read that quote from Bobby? Well, I mean, Bobby is, you know, a lot of people call him the Yoda of the industry. I would call him that plus the poet of the industry. When you said those things, I was like, holy shit, he's so spot on. Again, as always, I mean, Bobby was just such a driving force in terms of the voice of PK in so many ways. And so I don't know that I would add to it, Jay, because I think it's pretty perfect. I have seen us make very, very hard decisions to publish content. Here, I'll just give you a couple examples. Robert wrote a great piece around how certain distributor groups, the larger groups, would send the suppliers, they would go to suppliers who were coming into other distributors' offices. So they would pay a bounty, you know, cash basically, mm-hmm. to have a supplier go into Brandfield's office and walk around and say, hey, how are you doing? Are you doing okay at Brandfuel? Are you by chance, are you looking for another opportunity? And if they were, they would say, well, let me introduce you that so-and-so at, at blank, you know, larger distributor. Wow. And so we exposed this and we actually reached out to those larger distributors that we had found out about and there was no response as you could imagine. And I don't know if it still happens, but that's a voice of dissent. Yeah. Our work on us two versus me two, you know, I don't know that any BPAI ASI is going to go out and have a big content analysis and share information about exposing our industry to leaders who are in the Me Too movement. They're in our industry. Yeah. And we did our best to try and expose not individuals necessarily, although I think that did happen a little bit behind the scenes, but we did want to say this is happening and it needs to stop. And Charity right. bared her soul on a podcast with tears. And I'm like, wow, man, this is heavy content that we're sharing in the industry and that we're willing to do things and not worry about a sponsor saying, I can't sponsor you anymore because of this. <laughs> Instead, it's we're proud of you for bringing up these topics and exposing the ugly as well as the beautiful. So I think Bobby's spot on. That gives me faith in our industry because we're able to do that without you know tons of pushback. Yes. And man, the beauty of what he said I mean, that's kind of on the fringes of our industry, but as we start to breathe life into it through Promo Kitchen, it becomes our industry. The crazy ideas, the visionary work, the rabble rousers, all of the stuff we say becomes bigger and bigger and our industry becomes more powerful. When people look at the products that are out there, they realize that what we're putting into the marketplace has soul and there's connection to it. And that comes from people with ideas that may be just a bit different. Yeah. Comes from people like you, Danny Rosen. Well said. I'm not surprised that you did not add to the poetry of Mr. Lee Hugh. You know, the good news is, is with you and I doing this interview, neither of us will do some silly name drop of an obscure hipster bookstore. You know, that's just, that's just not going to happen. That's right. Leave it up to Bobby. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, listen, we've got a couple of more questions. If you've got some more time, are you still, sure. uh, are yeah, you still for the long haul? Okay. Out, man. This is history in the making, right, Jay? That's right. Thank you. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. I, I need to be careful of your time. You're, you're a pretty big deal, Danny. So stop. Okay. So what do you think in terms of not Danny Rosen, but the PK community, are there any other points that you want to highlight in terms of big impacts, big moments where Promo Kitchen made a difference? You cited some individual ones, which are huge, but is there anything else to add to that list before we move forward? We've been recognized, I think, as like a nonprofit entity that has pulled together, again, amazing content, the podcasts and what you've done with Promo Chat, Jay, that vision, just so beautiful. Those things are really inspiring to me. The mentorship program, I think, just has so much opportunity to grow, especially as we have to reinvent ourselves as an industry in a lot of ways after COVID. You know, what will this industry look like? And where will we sort of ebb and flow a bit? I think it's going to be very different. I think Promo Kitchen is going to be in a place, in a well-regarded place after 10 years. We, I'm not going to say we've made it, but we certainly have shown evidence that we can help guide new entrants into the industry through our community. And so I think that's a really big, big thing. Yeah. You know, to have a community come together and shine by helping others in this fun, informative way, impacting people in that way. We serve as this independent voice that allows people to be themselves and to find a pathway that maybe isn't so formal as a PPAI, which I think is so important or an ASI. Right. And I think that's special. It is special. You know what it brought to my mind as I was remembering, I was trying to listen at the same time I'm trying to think, but, and that's not easy for me, as you know. Um, Not not for me either, man. (laughs) Thinking about some of those early ideas and thinking about the broader community and some of the examples that you shared earlier, specifically, I think one of the advantages that a group like Promo Kitchen has in the community, what we have that's different is we don't have a gatekeeper. We don't have to worry about what we publish. We don't have, you know, those guardrails that say, uh, 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 you know, the advertisers are going to be upset. We can't say that. I love that. I think that's what kind of is attractive to a lot of us that are quote misfits to a lot of us that are, you know, quote curious and you have that passion and have that voice of dissent, like Bobby said. So I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I kind of feel that way. And I think I've seen that in some of the well, really in all of the leaders that are chefs, that their individual impact as well as bonded together, the overall community impact, I think is bigger and broader because we don't have those guardrails. We don't have that gatekeeper. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, I think what you're talking about is individuals do this from time to time, which is a little bit easier than an entire organization, a company or a, even a nonprofit. But I think the willingness to stand for something even if it alienates some, to know that in your core, that your organizational core and the DNA that the founding fathers and mothers of the organization started something that continues to this day with that same spirit to be willing to fight for something that you believe in, to share a story that's hard to share for some to hear. There's so much magic in that. And that gives me a huge source of pride looking back 10 years ago. It really does. Good. It should. It does my heart well, too. A couple more questions, and then we'll give you the final word to wax poetic. 
One of the things that I've been contemplating and since one of the previous interviews I did was this mission and thinking about what Promo Kitchen is, what we represent, what we're about, what we're trying to accomplish. Would you agree that potentially there is a bigger mission now? There's a bigger opportunity now than say when you original chefs and misfits and pioneers and renegades than when you first started this? Yeah, in short, the answer is definitely. We've got more eyes on us. The community's bigger and broader. The impact that we're delivering as an organization is much broader. I feel like there's a responsibility now that we didn't have back then. I feel like we were teenagers. You know, just imagine Steve Jobs and his, you know, <laughs> garage. And that's kind of what it was. It was just we're kind of building it as we went along. And now we've built this thing and it's got 10 years of great history. And so I think there's a responsibility to really make sure that we make decisions that will help the overall industry and the broader community that we serve. Mm -hmm. And also to use you know, the sponsorship dollars and those donations that come in when people listen to podcasts and they realize it's free content and they make a donation because it means something to them. They know they're helping a nonprofit. There's a true responsibility to those dollars. And we didn't have that early on. And I don't think that's a bad thing as long no. as, you know, our board, which I just really proud of our board, you know, we really think it through and, you know, we stay focused on our mission and we include the community in the decisions that we're going to make because I feel like this is an open sourced organization that, you know, you don't see very often. Yeah. And really proud of that too. I like what you said there. It reminds me of that transparency that's real and the authenticity, which is real, right? It's not people trying to perform. Right. It gets messy. It's not perfect. It's confusing at times. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's meaningful. It's one of the things in the last two and a half, three years for me that's certainly been an anchor. I have a phrase, it makes my heart hum and my soul sing. And I don't mean that in any, you know, religious way so much as I mean it in a an impactful way. Like mm -hmm. I get to hang out with these people. I get to learn from these people. I get to contribute with these amazing men and women and making a difference. So I have enjoyed it thoroughly. You are, by the way, one of my favorite trailblazing misfits. <laughs> there are others, but you are one of the faves. But let's wrap this up with you. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but I do. And you're an authentic guy and you keep it real and you tell it like it is. And that's one of the things I love about you. So take us home with what impact has this had, this role of a promo kitchen chef on you, on Danny Rosen? Hmm. Yeah, well, I think promo kitchen is the epitome of that quote, the rising tide lifts all boats. So you mentioned being vulnerable and all that. I think when we let our guard down and we give others permission to be open, to share in order to help others, an entire industry wins. I think that's part of the impact that PK has had on me. When I go into other boardrooms or into brand fuel and we're talking committee levels, PK has given me sort of that idea that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, we have such a relational group of people in our industry. Yeah, PK has delivered a platform for connection. And because of that, 
many of my closest friends have come from our collective investment in Promo Kitchen. And what a gift that is. Right. Many organizations, I think, lack soul. Promo Kitchen has so much soul. And I think if you start with a group of diverse people and you know have a common goal, you can create an organization with longevity that can impact an entire industry and, and also have fun along the way. So, I mean, I've had so much fun. I mean, it reminds me that I don't have any dollars, you know, it's not a business of mine, but I have a lot of hours invested in this organization. But certainly, you know, I want to have fun with it. And it reminds me that, you know, I can have fun in the organizations where I do have dollars invested. So I don't know, I'm immensely proud I've been able to be a part of it. I just, I can't wait to see what the future looks like for Promo Kitchen. What do you think it's going to look like, Jay? It's going to be a blast. That's what I think. Let's have fun, man. Let's have the fun. <laughs> it is. It is fun. That's what I love that you wrapped up on that because, you know, we can get deep and we can be reflective and all of that. But you know what? Thank you for bringing that up. Let's end on that, that this is fun. I have had so much fun. I have had great times with everyone that I've been involved with. And I know that others that see us also, that's attractive. So let's have some fun, Danny. Bring it home for us. What's one more thing that you look back on fondly that was just crazy? Like laugh till you almost pee your pants fun. Oh gosh. So yeah, come on. I know there've been several. I got one. Jake Karalik and I were emailing each other today. And and so this was early days on Promo Kitchen. Jake Karalik is, I don't know what he was then. I don't know, he's like the chief creative director at ASI. And we were trying to get him in the boardroom. And he was like, look, man, whatever you need. I'm not kind of a boardroom guy at the time. And I said, look, I've got this idea, ASI, Orlando, we were doing events at every major trade show back then and said, so just at Expo. So whenever we can get everybody together, we would. And I said, I want ASI's help here. And Jay said, whatever you need. So he put together a little film crew and we created something called the Tchotchke Lounge. So you've got promo, <laughs> you've got promo kitchen and then what? we created the Tchotchke Lounge. And it was in this dive bar in Orlando and you had to have a password <laughs> And nobody really showed up because it was in the middle of nowhere. And so it was me and Jake drinking. And there are a handful of people around at the bar. Again, early days, we were supposed to interview all these people and we had tapped out on interviews. And so we just started interviewing random people in the bar about promotional products. <laughs> we found our way into the bathroom, the men's bathroom. Oh my God. And there was a guy in there who had like the... Uh, the mints and oh uh, sure the valet or whatever yeah that. And you have to tip him a buck and we interviewed him and he started talking about this keychain that his employer gave him and he showed us and he was saying how it made him feel I was like a keychain like I love this industry man it was so great but we were not sober and that's how I, that was that's the epitome of the fun man there you go that sounds like a great time and ending in the men's bathroom with an interview wow <laughs> <laughs> promo kitchen come a long way. Yeah, we've grown up since then. Oh my gosh. Danny Rosen, you are amazing in every way. Thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun. These podcast series, you are in fact one of the OG original gangsters of Promo Kitchen, an original founding chef and co-founder of Brand Fuel. Where can people find you if they want to connect? I think just go to Brand Fuel or the Promo Kitchen. Actually, go to Promo Kitchen. You know, the final word for me would be go to promokitchen.org. You can find information about all the chefs and how to get involved, how to donate and support, how to become a mentor or a mentee, how to share content. Join us three o'clock Eastern on Wednesdays for Promo Chat. So many great ways, so many good people. I think we're inspiring an, an entire industry in many ways. And, and I think we want to grow 
even beyond the industry. I think there's so much potential for Promo Kitchen. So get involved. Love it. Get involved. Well said. Well, I can't wait till we find that video with you and Jake. <laughs> I'll dig it up, man. I've got the ad campaign for it. I'll have to show you. The, I'll send the flyer to you. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.